When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno, and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night's new content drops. On tonight's show, we're joined by melodic rock vocalist Ronnie Ramiro, an artist who got his name on the heavy metal map, debuting as singer of Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, followed by an extensive stint with guitar god Michael Shanker. In 2023 alone, he released his second all-covers album, toured Europe with the Rock Meets Classic Ensemble, plus the band he co-leads with Richie Faulkner, Elegant Weapons, released their debut album and toured the European Summer Festival circuit. Well, he is here today to discuss his brand new solo album, Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters. At the time of this interview, I was on vacation so my co-host and metal brother, Metal Walt, flies solo on this discussion. Walt and Ronnie discuss the makings of this album, how the songs came about, who recorded these songs, where they recorded it, and Metal Walt takes a deep dive into these tracks, gives his interpretation of a lot of the songs, asks about how they came about. It's interesting stuff, gang. Ronnie also talks about the Elegant Weapons Band, the summer tour, playing new material to massive audiences who many have literally never heard a song of this band before. Plus, he answers a listener question about the future of Elegant Weapons. And of course, they couldn't leave the conversation without talking about his experience and impressions of both guitar gods, Richie Blackmore and Michael Schenker. But before we get into it, if you missed last week's show, we had Brittany Chapman, daughter of the late great Paul Chapman of UFO, uh, before that, we had Udo Dirk Schneider, his new solo album, Touchdown. And before that, Adam Dubin, that heavy metal filmmaker. He's worked with Metallica for 30 years. Cool story about hooking up with the Beastie Boys back in the day. And his own project, Murder in the Front Row, the uh, thrash documentary about the San Francisco thrash scene. These and all our extensive back catalog are in the archive section of our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review at Apple. We'll read it on a future episode and join our community by signing up for the weekly newsletter. This is our chance to stay in touch with you about everything Metal Mayhem ROC related. Updates on our live radio show, CD reviews, blog reposts, um, YouTube videos. There's tons and tons of stuff going on. So again, sign up for our newsletter at MetalMayhemROC.com. Now, Metal Walt and Ronnie Romero. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. On tonight's episode, we're joined by melodic rock vocalist Ronnie Romero, the hardest working man in the business. He's had one hell of a 2023 so far, 
But most importantly, he's here to talk about his solo album, Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters. I have to say, I mean, you've had a, a, a heck of a 2023 so far. I mean, I saw you with the Schenker tour last fall, a little under a year ago. And since then, you put out the Raised on Heavy radio you did the Rock Meets Classic Tour. Then the Elegant Weckman's album came out. Then you toured with these guys. Now you have a new album coming out and another tour. So, man, it's been crazy. Talk a little bit about your year so far. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was um, it was great. You know, since I uh, yeah, we did this tour with uh, Michael Schenker in the U.S. and then uh, I did my uh, the release of my solo covers album which was really, really well received by by the fans. That was very surprising for me. That's why we did two albums, because uh -huh. we did the first one, Raised on Radio, and 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 I, I didn't expect that much from that. And, and then suddenly everybody likes that. <laughs> so we needed to make a second one. Uh, so it was great, you know, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And then also because on the this Raised on Heavy Radio, I had the chance to work with a lot of great friends in music. That for me was very special because they were the most of them were related to the original songs we were covering, especially uh -huh. Roland Grapple from Masterplan. He was the guy who wrote the song and he was playing the guitar in the covers. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was fantastic. And then Gas G was playing the solo in the Ozzy Osbourne song, which is also fantastic. Um, so yeah, it was great. You know, it was great. And then yeah, uh, surprisingly, also we released the Elegant Weapons album. We went right away on tour like we released the album late yeah. may and then june we went on tour and we were glad and surprised that the people really really like like the band you know uh, yeah for the most of for the most of the audiences they were like all new songs never heard before yeah and 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 they were they were enjoying the the show so very happy with that so and so and we're going to get into both of those a little bit more in depth later but um considering this show is an American audience, um, you know, we want to make sure they know your upbringing and it's pretty fascinating. It seems like you were born in Chile and then you spent some time maybe raised in uh, Madrid and now you live in, is it Romania? Yeah. Okay. So you're a global artist, true, but talk about like your musical upbringing. Like how did you land in all these places and where'd you get your start in music? Well, I was I was rising born in a family of musicians in Chile. Uh, obviously, the uh, circumstances were totally different because you know I was born in the eighties, where we were going and and then yeah, it, going through this dictatorship situation, and then um, he ended up in the nineties when I was a teenager. Uh, you know, getting interested in on the the rock bands, and at that time it was pretty hard to get music from out of the country yeah so so but yeah you know all my family they're musicians so i grew up with instruments you know i, I used to have a drum kit on my on my room when i was seven you know wow. so <laughs> for a seven years old kid that's pretty fascinating uh not not that much for the neighbors but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i'm related to the music since i was a kid did um, your uh did your parents were they in like a traditional spanish type musical band no, they were uh, my my grandfather. Rest in peace. He was uh, he used to have a big band. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was a, he was a saxophonist, and my father he was the crooner. He was the crooner. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. he did some Sinatra and maybe some Tony yeah. Bennett material. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Does yeah. he still perform himself? No, he died. Oh, sorry. To Thirteen hear that. years ago. But yeah, okay. he was he was a great singer. Um, and it was probably the, the, the person who supports me the most with yeah. the music. You know, when I was 15 and I was putting my first band together with some schoolmates, you know, he was driving with his truck. He was doing the loading, load out, waiting for us outside yeah. the venue, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, he was pretty supportive because he knew, you know, like, yeah. I, I yeah. the music, yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. And then you you ended up, of, of course, in the mainland Europe, in Spain, and now you're over in Romania. So, uh, and we'll touch on your your back history, but it's fascinating when you look at your CV of your career that really <laughs> old, it is only about maybe 10 years old or a little bit more. 
it's you've you've been a hell of a you've got a lot of material out there, you know. Well, if, so if you, yeah, if you count from the first Lords of Black release, which yeah. is was probably the first professional thing I did. Right. Uh, we're talking about ten years. If you talk about Rainbow, which was the uh, breakdown for me, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I would say yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> that was even less. It was eight years ago. I know, I know. Well, it's impressive to say the least, but uh, hey, most importantly, we want to get into your uh, your new solo album. So Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters. Um, I've done a deep dive of it. I've listened to it a bunch of times. It's a really cool album. Um, I want to ask you all about like the story, the musicians, the artwork, and then what I like to do is I like to go through the tracks themselves. I have my opinions of them, and then I want to hear mm-hmm. most importantly from you. So Maybe firstly, talk about the album title. Where'd you come up with that name? Well, uh, I will say that the name of the album, it would be the perfect uh, resume of my career. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, when I say too many masters, um, it's because the experience that I, I was living through the years working in the music, like you have... A lot of people around telling you all the time what you should do, you know. And there is a lot of experts in every aspect of your life uh-huh. <laughs> around telling you everything that you should do, or you must do this, or you shouldn't do that. Um, especially for me, it's pretty, it's pretty funny how the people they have an opinion about me, and then when I do what they want, they change their minds, and and there is. A, there is a very, uh, very funny uh, example of that because, uh, you know, through the years, as you may heard, a lot of people were saying, ah, you're playing in too many bands. There's too mm-hmm. much. There's too much. There's too many bands. You should, you know, you should do less and all this stuff. And then I remember this at the beginning of 2023, I just quit Michael Schenker to uh-huh. focus on my solo career. And the people was criticizing it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 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 uh, that's the, uh, too many masters uh, comes from, yeah, uh, and then uh, too many lies is 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 mostly because of you know the in the uh, in the industry and in the business, uh, you get disappointed very often with mm-hmm. people. Um, you get disappointed and frustrated with people telling you, offering you things, and then you know this every, the most of the things are a lie. So I was I was thinking about why what I been going through the last few years since I joined Rainbow and I got this concept like uh, there's too many lies, there's too many masters around and then suddenly, okay, this is a good name for for the album and then it, it totally fit with uh, the times we're living nowadays as a society, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same concept. So That's what I, that was my original reaction. That, you can apply that right. to every to everybody. So it's, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I said, well, it's probably a state of the world because uh, that's just how we are in. So well, that's that's cool. And listen, unfortunately, that's the reality of life. Like for all of us, you know, uh, you know, life, life is not a, a straight pathway. It's full of lots of curves. Yeah. Right? And that's just the way it goes. My first and oldest son, uh, he just went off to college last week and, you know, he has this great view of the world. And I said, okay, it's not going to be so easy. I want to see what your take is in 30 uh, years from now. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> But, uh, going back to the, um, the album. So the musicians that play on the album, as far as I can understand it, you said have some good back history with some of these guys, correct? The, all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was something, uh, very important for me to have. Uh, because um, since I really want to do um, to be in charge of everything on this record, to separate my solo album a little bit from a standard Frontiers release, not because this is bad, but because, yeah. you know, since I was working with Lords of Black, which is in Frontiers, and then Corleone, the first albums are Frontiers, and, and, and The Sunstorm, The Ferryman, and you know, everything is tends to sound when you work with the same people all the time. It tends to sound a little bit similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really want to separate my record from that. So um, the first thing I wanted to have was to have a more organic sound on the on the record, and that the only way to get it is to work with people you can trust. You know, in terms of 
music mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, to be all together and, and trust on their capabilities. So, so I really want to have friends yeah. and, uh, as a band, you know, <laughs> I think it's like the old fashioned way when, sure. you know, you were growing up in the garage playing covers and then you were putting a band together. Yeah. So it's kind of the same philosophy. And, and these guys, um, like who's the, you guys go back how long? 10 years, more than that? Yeah, even more. Yeah, with a guitar player, with Jose Rubio. Uh, we did an album together 11 years ago in Spain. Wow. It was released locally, but it was pretty successful. So it looks like uh, we had good chemistry um, writing music together. So so for me, it was, you know, and also because he's a very versatile guitar player. Sure. So, so it's not just yeah. like a heavy metal rock, so they can play different things. So uh, it was very important to me to have, you know, this typical, like a singer guitar player match on the band, uh-huh. and, like the old bands, you know, when you have Ian Gill and Richie Blackmore yep. and Replan and, you know, and Jimmy Page. And so I really wanted to have the same tandem. So did you guys actually, um, like, did you do all the songwriting with the band and vice versa? Were you guys in the studio the together? Page, was it or room, was it virtual? You know? uh, in the room. That's awesome yeah. to hear. Yeah, that's. I think even you can listen to that on the record because you know it sounds more organic. Yeah. Um, um, and I really wanted to. I really wanted to go that way. So to to yeah. make a little difference on, on in, in terms of you know, of sound. That's because, and it is true. Like in so many of the artists that I interview, you know, we hear so many things that during the pandemic and other times. Now it's just become too easy to work in one room and the other. And, and we do interview a lot of artists from frontiers. And I remember Robin McCauley saying to us that, Hey, you know what? He's out in Southern California. The band's in Italy. They just marry up the tracks to the vocals and they don't ever have to see each other, but that's not how we were raised on that. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty okay for me. That's, I did that yeah. many times also. Yeah. Like the Man, for example, is, 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 is actually like that. And with the sunstorm is the same thing. I just get yeah. the tracks from Italy and then I go to the studio here in Bucharest and yeah. then, you know, and which that's pretty awesome, but that's pretty cool because you know technology allows you to do that. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, if you really want to bring something different, and and especially for me because I really wanted to have this sounds from the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. And that was the only way to 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 get. That's all of. It. Did you record on analog by any chance? Yeah, a lot of the things are recorded in analog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was sensing that, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you that question. But yeah. uh, well done. Um, as we're both old school guys, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but, you know, I'm the guy that still goes out and buys CDs and everything. The too. packaging is, uh, and I want to ma- mention that later. Or we'll talk about that. But uh, the cover art, um, amazing cover art. You know, it's got this beast on there. And, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, talk a little bit about the art. Who came up with that idea? Who did the drawing? And that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I really want to be in charge of, literally everything <laughs> so yep. so i just i was thinking uh since i wanted to make this uh to have this direction with the album in terms of sound like i talked to the guys when we were writing these songs i i wanted i want to sound like look up the walls from dio a little bit black sabbath from the dio era also yep. the humanizer maybe kind of you know going yep. in that way yeah i should have a, a cover you know at the same level. So uh-huh. I remember that day I saw the last in line artwork, which is pretty, pretty much the same colors. We're yeah, using. it is. You're right. Yeah. And, um, and then I say, okay, I need to have like the too many lies, too many monsters is talking about the society. I really want to have this visual of, you know, this, uh, this world's going to an end and the people is, is desperate and all this stuff. And there is a central figure all the time. Which is this wolf in the in the in the center of the cover, mm-hmm. which is a um, it's a is a character from the Romanian mythology. Mm. Is um is a half wolf, uh, half uh, snake, mm-hmm. or even dragon. They say sometimes the uh, the earlier very early uh, Romanians in the territory they used for war. It was a kind of a artifact. He was catching the wind and making a special noise that was, you know, okay. scaring the the opponents. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's called uh, it's called uh, Draco. It's called Draco, right? Draco. Draco. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. 
So uh, Dash and Wolf also is called. So it's um yeah. Yes, Daco. Daco. Sorry, it's Daco. Daco. And Dash, Daco. Dash and Wolf. So uh, yeah, I really want to have this. You know, since I moved to Romania, my wife she's Romanian. I moved okay. here four years ago already. So I really want to have this little detail with the country. You know. That's, That's nice. Oh, hi. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for popping nice on and saying you. hi. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, we uh, developed this concept. And then I have this good uh, friend of mine in Chile. He's a countryman. Uh, and he's a great artist because he did everything hand Oh, wow. And he digitalized everything after. But the first sketch is hand drawing. So it's it's also different from the Frontiers releases in that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's cool. It's definitely, definitely, definitely cool. So now that we have the whole background on the album, that's pretty awesome. We got to get into the meat and potatoes, which is the songs themselves. So you got 10 songs on the album. Um, I'm just going to dive right in, and I'm going to talk about some of the impressions I have on all of them, right? Okay. Um So I'm going to go to the middle of the album first, because it's not, not, uh, not the same. So... Girl, don't listen to the radio. Now, this one, um, this one was it's it's different than the others. You hear all these frequency sounds, and you know, it's like I almost said there's like there's something like it's there's like this sexual tension, sensual vibe <laughs> behind it. Yet you come in with this like growling vocal, and it's like I feel like it's like a video game monster ready to pull me in. So <laughs> that one really stood out, and then the one right after that, Crossroad which uh real good bluesy track i really hear you're like a great david coverdale-esque kind of vocal in that one so i don't know if you were going to get at that one but i'm a sucker for a great blues hard rock metal song and i think you did a good job on that one as well so maybe talk about those two tracks yeah the girl don't listen to the radio was it was pretty interesting interesting how the song um how we came and, and on that song it was an idea from andy the drummer um, he is a very, uh, as I say, he's a very musical guy. He can play the piano and he can write yeah. great music. But he's pretty, uh, he's not like a, too old-fashioned like we are, you know. He's it's, it's not too much into Deep Purple and Dio and all that kind of stuff. Okay. He's, he's a little bit more uh, into the modern music. So I, I told to him, uh, I really want to have like this kind of song. And he came with this riff. And he did the riff, and he played the guitars and everything. And he came, and he came with the riff, and it and it came to my mind, uh, you know, like a like a Motley Crue lyric, let's say. Yeah. Um, talking about talking about my wife because you know she was telling me at that time, you know, I wrote a song for my son, you know, and all the stuff, oh. and she was like, she was telling me, I need to write a song for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, okay, I'm going to put this, uh, you know, she's a beautiful woman, so I will put mm -hmm. this, like, a figure of, you know, this this femme fatale, this lady that right. listen to you. She's always not paying attention to you. She's always in other things. Uh -huh. you know? So she's in the car, listening to the radio, turning up the, the volume and all the stuff, and while you're trying to show your feelings, and she doesn't care, you know. So, um <laughs> So I just came up with a lyric, and it turns out something very interesting. So, so that was it. That's good. I, and she was probably expecting a very romantic love song, but you gave no, her something completely. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually cool. Well, I was right on that one. So, yeah, yeah it's a cool track. And what about Crossroad? Crossroad, uh, there was a probably one of the last songs we wrote because um, we we had another other ideas, and then I thought it would be nice to have. Uh, not a ballad, but something more quiet. And then uh, Jose, he told me, uh, I have this, but I think it doesn't fit on the record because it's a blues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's try, you know, let's, let's give it a try. So I, I, I started to, you know, I started to, to write a lyric and uh, I was not sure about it. And then I went to the studio and the, uh, after the solo, the ending of the song is totally improvised. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to sing the chorus, but let's see how it goes. And then when I recorded it and we were listening to it, it was like, a, this sounds like crying in the rain a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? So we loved it. And, and we were, okay, so that, that's, that's it, you know? It's, okay. it's, it works. <laughs> totally. And that's, that's, that's why I told you before, it's, it's very organic because, you know, mm -hmm. it's just one take and let's see what happened and it works, you know? 
So That's it awesome. works for us at least. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally, totally. I love that I mean, track. We didn't, we didn't, I didn't, in, 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 through all the record, I didn't make like a hundred takes with, uh, you know, overproducing, yeah. backing vocals and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty natural. How and long like, did it take from end to end, from the songwriting to, let's say, the cutting the final production and all that? I will say a couple of weeks. Wow, that quick. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, yeah, really we were, organic. It was pretty smooth and we were pretty clear that what we want, you know. So uh, besides besides Crossroad, which was the last song we wrote, uh, we we were pretty clear, you know. I told the guys, I really want to go this way. So the day after, they came with a lot of ideas. And I was writing the songs. And actually, the funny thing is, I was I got the songs. They say, okay, this is going to be nice. I, I, we work on the structures. They record it. And then with the final recordings, I was, you know, listening three songs per day. I was writing the lyrics, going the day after to the studio right away, you know, mm-hmm. then coming back by night until five in the morning, I was writing three new songs, going to the studio the day after. So, so I didn't prepare uh, uh, the production vocal wise uh, too much because I really wanted to be spontaneous on the, on the recording. Mm, that's uh, awesome. So, so yeah, I think it works. Okay, that's good. That's good. So you got a couple tracks. You put a few videos out there, performance videos. So Cast Away on the Moon and then Chased by the Shadows. Again, I love both of those songs. I you know, my impression of Cast Away on the Moon, it's like that first first track, so it sets the tone. I love it because it's got a you know fast drums and guitar and like totally killer melodic chorus, really memorable. And I could just imagine when you get on the road, that's got to be your show opener. And Chased by the Shadows, again, that that one, I hear that little bit of Dio-esque, Dio-esque sound yeah. to it. Uh, kind of a mid-pace song, you know? So really cool. And it's just nice to see a performance video. You know, it's not just you, but it's your band out there uh, just playing it out. So what's your what's your opinion on those two songs? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, the, 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 we really wanted, wanted to have um, um, Highway Star song yeah. at the beginning, you know? Yeah, uh, because actually we were when we were talking about the record before to write the songs and all the stuff. Uh, I talked to the guys. We need to be together because I really want to be organic and be together and go to the studio together and all the stuff. And we were talking about the uh, machine here from the purple mm-hmm. when there is a version of Highway Star at the beginning where you can listen Richie Blackmore tuning and you know they're you know they're doing like a line check. And then they are recording the song all together at the same time, which is, you know, it's fantastic for me. Yeah. So I, I told the guys, I really want to have something like that. And we were talking about the uh, this Highway Star at the beginning. So this song came out and um, is about a movie. I was a Korean movie I was watching at that time. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, concept because... Is, is, is about how society works nowadays where, you know, we had we had a lot of people, but nobody cares of each other. Mm-hmm. So we're totally separate. So this movie is about uh, a guy who's trying to suicide. And so he jumps from a, from a bridge. And mm-hmm. with bad luck, he lands in a, in a small island in the river. Oh. In the middle of the city. So he gets cast away in the, uh. <laughs> in the island. So he construct his own world on that island, separate from the society, but with all the city around, which is very interesting. You know, it's, it's like yeah. like a hero. That's an interesting concept. Yep. Yeah. So I came with the title of the of the song, and it was you know, um, it was it was pretty clear that, that that's gonna be the first single. Yeah. And then the shadows, uh, shade by shadows, is was the same thing. You know, it was, it was like a black savadilish kind of song and and, uh, since the people uh recognize me since the rainbow thing and with the and all this stuff we needed we needed to have a song like that yeah i I even think um songs like vengeance and not just not just a nightmare too they have that throwback feel to them you know i like them and on vengeance i love like i just love the one word chorus man that takes me back to the hate just the one word chorus is so powerful in metal yeah, exactly. It's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, all those uh, epic, uh, epic uh, spit metal bands from yeah. from Italy, especially Rhapsody. Uh-huh. In a Rhapsody, look at the release and all this stuff that I was listening since I was a kid. Um, so I really, want, I really wanted to have that kind of 
a little a little bit priest also um kind of a kind of a riff and and you know something like that people can sing you know yeah. also which is very important in heavy metal sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's the best part when you could put on your headset and go for a walk or something and yeah. i was doing that yesterday i was walking around and it was been very hot in the new york new jersey area this week but i go out for my lunch walk and you know, I'm I'm like, you know, people are looking at me and I'm doing this as I'm walking through the streets. They're probably, what is this guy doing? <laughs> so I was listening to this one and then the Elegance uh, uh, Weapons album because, you know, I'm like, I got to talk to Ronnie on Friday. got to brush up yeah. on this stuff. But uh, it's all good stuff. So talk about, like, I like to say some of the lighter songs, even though they're not light. So I've been losing you and then a distant shore. What are those about? I love them both. They're different. You got piano in there, these weird keys, but... Those definitely are a slight different change from the fast-paced stuff. So I'd like to hear from you, you know, about those songs. Yeah, actually, I've been losing you. It's a song that I wrote. That was the only song it was previously there before to work in the album because it's a song I wrote for Michael Schenker. Ah, more than a year ago, um, uh, when we were recording the last album with Michael, uh, they sent me a couple of tracks, uh, you know, to to write something and and I came out with that song I've been losing you but it, uh, it didn't make it to the uh, to the final track list mm. so I kept I kept the song because I, I thought it was a good song yeah <laughs> because I wrote it so obviously yeah. it was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept that and and then I said okay I'm going to put it here because it makes sense for me it's a good song and it's a little bit more uh, modern hard rock music like a little bit pretty mates that kind of stuff yeah um uh, the music is from Andy. It's typical from that kind of a song is typical from Andy. We did that many times with Lords of Black and the first two records. Yeah. So even it sounds a little bit like Lords of Black. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, a distant shore is probably the more the most special song for me because uh, it's a song that I wrote to my son Oliver. Mm. He lives in Spain. Um, He's 10 years old, but uh, we didn't have the chance to meet since two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why it's called A Distant Shore. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to have something that he would love to listen because he's he's fan of, you know, that kind of bands like Imagine Dragons, uh -huh. a little bit Coldplay, you know, sure. in the melodies. So, so I really wanted to write something that he would love to listen and... It's a little bit different from the rest of the album, but I think at the end it fit on the uh, on the concept of uh, my experiences uh, because you know I wrote it for my son. So, so how did he uh, how did he respond to it? I'm sure he loves it. Uh, he didn't have the chance to listen it yet, but I think he's gonna like it. <laughs> ah, okay. So he hasn't heard it yet. That's awesome. Though. So okay. Well, hopefully he's. That's when he goes to school and he can say, "Hey, look at my dad. He wrote this song for about our relationship." Well, Ronnie, that's a really, really nice thing to do, man. That's really special. That comes from the heart. So yeah. could appreciate that being a father of four children myself. So. <laughs> well, listen. We can go on all day about this album. I mean, it's ten tracks. Great material. Um, let's talk about the touring aspect of, uh, of the band. So I see that you got some dates coming up next year. So what's going to go on with the road? Yeah, well, the plan is to go on, on tour uh, as much as we can. Um, we're starting January in Germany and a date in Belgium. Uh, we're adding on the same leg, we're adding some dates in Switzerland. Um, then we're planning to go to Scandinavia also. We're almost setting a tour in Central and South America, which also would make sense to go to the U.S. at the same time. That would be great. That was going to be one of my questions. You're going to bring it yeah, to the States. It makes sense because of the long trip, so <laughs> we can do it all together. Yeah. But yeah, it would make sense. Um, and then obviously Japan and the rest of Europe, summer festivals. So we're going to be busy mostly until the end of the summer with, with this release. Yeah, and will a, will the touring band be the guys that were uh, that were played on the album? Old fashioned, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. that that's awesome too. That's awesome too. Well, really looking forward to hearing about that one. If it makes its way to the states, you know we'll be there to support you guys, of course. So, uh, best of luck on the album. The album comes out uh, on the fifteenth of September, I believe. You know, good luck with that. Well, that's an old fashioned story. 
working with the guys in the studio and getting on the road all together. Ronnie Romero, hardest working guy in rock in the last 18 to 24 months. His new solo album, Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Metal Walt's going to get the lowdown on Elegant Weapons, and what else is going on in the Ronnie Romero camp? We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James DeBerry from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a long time headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstone from Enforcer. Hi, this is Braun from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info. Hi, this is William Irwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising, and the uh, Ted Templeman book A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Giving you more to listen for. Join our community. And always remember to keep it heavy. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And now we want to continue going back into your year, the beginning of the 2023. Well, not to say the beginning. Let's do a backwards trip in time, the way Rush did on their farewell tour. If you remember, they started in the present and they went backwards, right? So we'll mm. go into Elegant Weapons. So listen, this album is just completely killer. I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, and I even, there's there's things about the album, and I was going to ask you, like songs like Blind Leading the Blind and Ghost of You, I mean, they would fit perfectly in your current album. Um, you know, yeah. you got the heavy stuff. So talk a little bit about how that band formed and, you know, how the tour went this summer. You guys did Grass Pop. You did uh, Hellfest. I mean, it must have been an ex amazing summer for you with that album. Yeah, it was great. It was a great experience, actually. Uh, and we were gladly surprised because, um, you know, we released the album late may at the end of may and then one week after we were going on tour so yeah <laughs> it was a little bit risky you know because there was not enough time for the people to listen to the record um but uh you know we had this opportunity to go with pantera for for show some shows and and then to make all those greats uh, summer festivals like health is grass pop and a couple of in spain and portugal um we did a couple of uh club shows also and it was great it was fantastic we we came back very happy because we saw that the people really like the band and they really liked the songs even when they didn't know about the songs in the first time you know we were playing for the pantera audience which yeah. is tough you know <laughs> it was really hard yeah. to 
this with more soft music. But um, it was great, you know, the, the reaction from the people was fantastic every night. So we came back with the idea of like, you know, this, this is something like the people really enjoyed and they really like, you know, we saw every night, even when, as I saw before, they, as I told before, they didn't know about the songs. They were like, you know, enjoying yeah. and it was, it was great. You know, it was great. And, and, and I like that because, you know, uh, when Richie calls me the first time, it was, it was, I think it was a, during the pandemic still. And, and, um, uh, he taught me about this, uh, you know, I'm, I have the songs and it's Scott Travis and Rex Brown recording and all the stuff. And I'm looking for a singer. And as, as I usual with everything, I, 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 I commit is like, okay, let me listen to songs. And if I like it, we can work. If I don't like it, obviously mm -hmm. I'm going to say no. So he sent me the song and, and if I, um, I felt like, uh, the songs were great, but the thing that I attracts me the more, it was, uh, they were out of my comfort zone. Mm. So it's not the typical heavy metal hard rock thing. There's a lot of different elements on it. In every song, as you say, Ghost of View. And yeah. I never sang a song like Ghost of View, for example, yeah. before. And and then you have uh, then you have uh, Down for Rising, which is oh yeah, that's that's a heavy song, man. Pilots, <laughs> elements, and you know there's a little a little bit of Elder Slave also in some of the songs. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of Jesus Priest, of course, in a couple of songs. So it was like okay, this is something that's going to be very entertaining to 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 make, yeah. and, and it's going to be bringing me. Uh, to know uh, where are my limits in in that kind of in that kind of music, so yeah. it was, that was that was the thing. Was um, I'm just curious? Did ha, you must have known Richie from the industry, but um, did you do the songwriting on the album, or was it a combination no, of you no, and no, Richie? No, 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 okay, the songs, yeah, the songs were ready when 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 he asked me to join. Okay, okay. Um, and how did down? How, I mean, aside from playing at the festivals and uh, you know. Uh, uh, with Pantera and that kind of thing. Um, I see you guys sprinkled in some cover songs a, a little bit here and there, probably to just change up the pace. So I saw Painkiller in there and of course Lights <laughs> yeah. Out, which is on the album, but uh, that's cool too, right? It was great. Yeah, the, the, we were <laughs> we were struggling a bit because, you know, uh, not the festivals, but uh, when we did a couple of uh, headlining club shows and obviously the people expect you to play for at least... 70 80 90 minutes yeah so <laughs> we did the calculations and it was like okay we're playing the whole album is 60 minutes right you know? so <laughs> what we should do well we should play a couple of covers so we were trying every night a different thing so we, one day we play pink Eater, and then we play something else and we were jamming a little bit also uh, and then suddenly one day i think it, it was in one of the festivals uh we say right before the show, we say, uh, which song are we going to play today? Because we need more, five more minutes. Uh -huh. And, and Richie said, do you know, uh, Warpix from black Sabbath? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Everybody knew the song. Yeah, of course. So right. good. And it turns is like at the perfect ending of the, uh, of the show, you know, the people wow. were singing in. And so we, we thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to keep that one. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so it was great. What show was that at? I would love to look it up on YouTube and see how you kind of did uh, an unrehearsed time, version. I think it, I don't remember if I think it was Grass Pop or it was one okay. of the Spanish festivals, okay. Resurrection or Rock Imperium, something like that. OK, okay. But, uh, it was like in the middle of the tour. OK, great. So I actually have a listener question. So Scott Saunders, who lives in Maryland in the U.S., um, wants to know. Um, now that you're launching your solo career, will you remain the singer of Elegant Weapons and will you commit to future projects with them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's because it's the same, uh, it's the same philosophy that, you know, I was playing with Rainbow, I was playing with Michael Schenker, Adrian Vandenberg and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. And I'm really grateful to have the chance to play with those great musicians. Yeah. And it brings me a lot to my career. And, you know, Rainbow, they put me on the spotlight. So yeah. I will be grateful forever. But I think it's time to move on. And, 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 and to move on, obviously, I need to be focused on my solo stuff. 
but also I think uh, elegant weapons they have we have a lot of we have a lot to say still so so you know it's uh, it's just the beginning and we're already working on a new album and we have plans to tour next year so I think this is going to be probably my main my main project together with Lords of Black is going to be the three things I'm going to be doing for the most of the year from from now on. That's great to hear because again, that album is great. I mean, I, I love how Richie said, you know, this is his vision of a band that when eventually Judas Priest retires, which who knows when they'll ever be, but we don't want them to retire, but inevitably they will. But it's nice to hear that he's already thinking ahead to having a band, not just an album, a band, you know? So, and, and know. listen, that's got to come to the States, man. You guys got to get that here. I am <laughs> just telling you that, man. So, yeah, I mean, the band is based in Nashville. So, yeah. Let's go there. All right. So now um, the next thing in your 2023 was the Rock Meets Classic Tour. So, Ronnie, I'm going to tell you, man, it's like we're at a disadvantage in the States because, like, I'd be all over this. We would never, ever get anything of this nature in the U.S. And, like, look at this. Like, just talk about this experience, it was great. It was fantastic. I mean, uh, it was one of the things that uh, that you're gonna keep forever with you. You know, it's like you were touring for two weeks together with all those legends, especially the guys from Right Hip. They were awesome. They were fantastic. You know, the mix, uh, Mick and, and Bernie. They were, you know, beyond any expectation. They were so nice, and, and you know, uh, we were having great times together. Um, uh, but then with Mike Trump also, it was it was my my traveling partner, and we uh, were sharing the most of the nights. We were sharing the uh, dressing room. Okay. So uh, so it was it's, it's such a cool guy. Joy, I mean, I met Joy uh, many times before. Uh, we have a friendship since many years. Uh, it was the first time that I met D. Snyder. Okay. He's a very uh, interesting character. Okay. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty loud and energetic. I will. He's a New Yorker, man. I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very intense. It's it's very intense. Uh, but it was great, you know. And and it was it was a great experience. And you know, playing all those songs, I was playing Rainbow, but you know, to to be there watching all those guys playing their songs, uh, Maggie Rayleigh also, which uh-huh. she, she's a lovely lady, and. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Something I would never, I will never forget. And it, and correct me if I'm right. So it's you guys playing four or five songs each of your catalog. So the Europe catalog, the Twisted Sister, Uriah Heap, Rainbow, White Lion, cut with an orchestra and a band behind you. With an or- yeah, with is a rock band. With an okay. orchestra. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty awesome, man. Again, I wish I could something like that would come to the states. So I, I wanted to ask you a question. We went, we talked about something before. Um, our love for the physical product in the CDs. And I know periodically on your social media, you'll show, I think you and Mike went CD shopping. And then I know you had one where you found your own, uh, yeah. one of the rainbow solo albums. So uh, that's a missing art. And uh, again, I think in Europe, you have a lot of shops still, whereas the U S it's almost like it's, they're gone. There's not many of them. Oh, really? So not many yeah. of them at all anymore. They, yeah. We had a couple really good ones in New Jersey. There's one not too close. I'm mean, not too far from me, but the one main one called Vintage Vinyl. That one, uh, they just went out of business. What can you do? There's still some in around Europe. Yeah, there's still, you can find some places. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like a normal thing, but uh, if you ask to locals, there is always something. And it's okay. great. You know? It's, 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 for me, there was, uh, there was, uh, pretty exciting uh, when I was when I was teenager uh, especially in Chile because it was not easy to get music from outside so I remember that I you needed to go to the record store and to ask the owner I really want to have this record and he was trying to get it imported yeah and and it took like a month sometimes two months and you were you know impatiently waiting for yeah. the record. It was already released. Everybody was talking about it, but you don't have it. You don't have access to that. Besides yeah. to listen a couple of songs in the radio. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that journey from going, you know, not going from the record store, even before saving the money to buy that record. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, you were getting your money to go to school or to university 
And that day you decide, I'm not going to eat today because I want to keep the money for the record. Yeah. You know? And then going to the record store, buying it, having the physical stuff, yeah. going back home in the bus, waiting to open it, yeah. get into your room, open it. And then surprise, you never knew what's going to be inside. Pictures, lyrics, uh, you were reading the credits, uh, you were reading everything about the record, and then you were listening something new that you don't know what's going to happen. And nice. that's this. That's very sad nowadays because you know you have yeah. a release, and you are listening half of the record before it's released. You know how it's going to be the artwork. You know yeah. the pictures. You know everything before. So the, when the the album is comes out, it's like no surprise. You know. I know. It's, I, it's, I, it, I, the, the young people didn't have that journey anymore. No, they my my yeah. my fifteen year old son Lucas. He uh he was in the car last week, and I took out Metallica seventy two seasons, and he laughs at me because he says. Why do you still buy these discs or whatever they or whatever they are, <laughs> you know? And then I opened it up and I showed how it's four sides with the guy's faces and the booklet and the colors. And I just said to him, you don't understand this and it's not your fault because you weren't raised this way. But, you know, they don't get it. But anyway, that, that's a perfect segue into the next topic, right? The Raised on Heavy Radio album and... uh I don't know, Ronnie. I think maybe when you were on tour with Shanker, maybe I was at work one day. You must have broken into my house and stolen my CD collection, buddy, because <laughs> I think there's a lot of stuff missing that's on this album, yeah. I got to say. But uh, um, maybe my first question, is that your wife? The the cup, Is she the cover model on the on the yeah. album? And in okay. both covers albums, it's, 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 it's my wife. Okay. Okay. So they're they're really really cool. Of course, she's a beautiful woman and very nice. So nice to know that she's included on this as well. But man, oh man, it's like I could geek out all day with you on these albums. I mean, just from like just the uh, on the first album, "No Smoke Without a Fire" from Bad Company. I mean, Brian Howe, God rest his soul. I mean, he people. There's always that debate. Oh no, no, Bad Company's not Paul Rogers. It's not Brian Howe. It's Paul Rogers. And I say bullshit to that. But um. I'm a big uh, Tony Martin era Black Sabbath guy. That was my first introduction really to seeing these guys live. And uh, we had Tony Martin on our show oh, about two years ago for his new album. But just love that whole idea of not just going for the obvious tracks, but going for some of the deep ones or your favorites in your collection. So just talk in general about uh, about this. Yeah, that's that for me was pretty uh, like uh, there was like uh, something must be when the the frontiers offer me offers me to make the covers up i didn't want to do like just you know an album with covers just because or it's not even because of the money or whatever that people may think about it all right i mean, I mean it's, it's, it's not about the money that's right. not for sure <laughs> well <laughs> not picking an east tracks you could tell us for the love of the songs not even yeah not even the royalties go for for the uh goes for the for the original uh songwriters so it's it's not even because of the money you know yeah <laughs> so it was like a okay let's make this covers album albums and uh but i don't want to i really want to pay tribute to the music i'm covering you know like a real tribute uh, not just because I want to have more views on YouTube or more likes on the, on the social. Mm -hmm. I really want to pay tribute to those artists. So uh, since since we had that clear, I say, okay, I'm not going to sing the people, what the people is expecting me to sing. I really want to go like, as a fan on the B-sides, you know. And, and that's why if you, if you check on the track list, the most of, even with the bands, they have like a, many or different singers, I go to the less recognized singer. Right. You know, because I really wanted to pay tribute to that person and to that musician. So as for me, for example, Black Sabbath, it was pretty obvious. It's for me, a Headless Cross is such an yeah. underrated record. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really want to go with Tony Martin in that side. In, in that side. And, and then the same with Brian Howe from, from Bad Company. So that was the thing, you know, I really want to do something different, not just to cover someone, something like that people would enjoy yeah. uh, to listen as, as, as I do as a fan. I, uh, I, I was going to tell you, you should, uh, hopefully you have Tony Iommi's number because he keeps talking about getting uh, yeah, another solo album that, that was together. Because, yeah. He got, he got the, uh, he got the video clip. We did a video clip for, for the shining yeah. and he reposted on 
and Twitter saying like uh, congratulating congratulating us like a great cover. You wow, know? that's great to well. Yeah. I hope you put you. I hope you planted the seed, Ronnie. I think you I mean, could. You know where I'm <laughs> going with this, man. You know yeah. where I'm going with this. Yeah, that wouldn't be that crazy for me considering my previous True. Uh, experiences. <laughs> True. Well, I uh, I was thinking of something fun to suggest. So if you were to do another covers album. And let's call it the Raised on Radio, the Metal Walt EP edition. So I'm going to give you the five songs I want you to do for the Metal Walt okay. version. Ready for it? Yeah. So Black Sabbath, Heart Like a Wheel. Yeah, great. Badlands, High Wire. Oh, well, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Mr. Biggs, Alive and Kicking. Good. Blue Murder, Jelly Roll. Oh, fantastic. And Sabotage's Jesus Saves. And I will have Chris Caffery again. <laughs> How about that, man? How about that for <laughs> your next fantastic. album? Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't want to go that deep, but I I could. That's uh that's good. But those albums are really really great. Like I said, I really uh, appreciate them. So hey, a couple of few things. Uh, we got to talk on the the Michael Shanker tour. So um, Metal Mayhem ROC actually covered the Stroudsburg PA show, which was last October. You guys did a lot of touring. Who knows if you remember that or not. But I will tell you, Ronnie, I mean, the photos that you're looking at now, these were taken by me in the pit. Um, and uh, the, the, it, you were all the chatter. I got to say, you were all the chatter. Um, we did a show right up, and it was all about, you know, you and uh, what you brought to the table. But... In general, just talk about the experience, I mean, of touring the States for two months solid. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. It was the first time that I was touring the U.S. that long. Yeah. I, I did a couple of shows before. I played in the, in, the, in the Pro Power in Atlanta also with Lords of Black some years ago. But it was the first time on the road, that you know, the real road in the yeah. States, which yeah. is it's such a big country. Jeez. <laughs> it is a big country. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was crazy, but we enjoyed a lot. We enjoyed a lot playing everywhere, and and the the, the people, the people in every city was fantastic. You know, and they love Michael, and uh, and we were having fun every night. It was it was a, such a great experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting too. I have a funny story about this show because when I was driving, it's about an hour drive from my house. And I was coming around the corner from the theater and I had to come to a quick stop from the car in front of me. And I'm not sure if it was you, but there were some of the band members were running out of the back of the theater, running across the railroad tracks over to Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and the car in front of me had to put his brakes on as to not hit these guys. <laughs> I would say that probably was me. I think it was the only one uh, <laughs> hitting Eating, uh, uh, trash food, but yeah, I would say that probably was me. I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was you. I mean, that'll maybe be the uh, yeah, sorry that'll for be that. the trailer for the uh, for the episode here. Ronnie Romero almost gets run over and killed going for <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken wings for a couple of wings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but again, you said it earlier. You're no longer with uh, Michael, and I think Robin McCauley is back with him. So, but it sounds like you had a a good partnership, and it was just time for you to move on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I felt like, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, for me during three years playing the same songs, which I really, I totally respect because it's Michael yeah. Chambers' career and, 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 and he's awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I really, uh, I really respect uh, the way he's managing nowadays with his talent. He's still playing. I mean, I, we play, I don't know. Uh, for three years, we were playing around maybe hundred shows. Yeah. I never saw him missing any single note, which is pretty uh, not typical mm. for a guitar player. And he was he was on fire every night, which is I think is yeah. amazing. What kind um, of as a person? How is he? Because you know he has this mystique that he's kind of a mysterious, aloof person. <clears throat> like, what was he like as a, a human being on the road? Uh, it was great. Uh, I mean, he's traveling separate from the band, but, you know, we had our moments on airports or, yeah. you know, on backstage rehearsals and all this yeah. stuff. And he's a cool guy. He's, he's very smart. He's very, he's very in, uh, intelligent person. And you mm -hmm. can talk to him about many things. Wow. And he has an opinion of everything. So you can have a, like a very interesting chat with him. Uh, 
and he was great. He was treating me very well, even my wife, because she was joining us on part of the tour. And uh, they were very nice with us all the time. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. We, uh, it was funny. I, I, I know that he was traveling well or traveling alone because I remember because I went back. drive by himself. Yes, yes. I, w- I was backstage looking for you guys and nobody ever came out. And then all of a sudden, Michael drives down with this black Cadillac. And he yeah. just rolled down the window and waved. So I said, oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, renting uh, or Cadillac or Mercedes yeah, because yeah. of the area. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he was driving by himself every day because he loves that. That's pretty cool. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I'm glad it was a great experience for you on that. And of course, last but not least, we can't go away without touching on the rainbow piece. So yeah. listen, Ronnie, it's I'm a huge rainbow fan. And it's all I can say is being in the States, it's a shame that the band didn't get a chance to come over here and play. I know you did a handful of shows for what, three or four summers in a row. We yeah. didn't get to see it in the States, which uh, which stinks. But anyway, just briefly, maybe for our audience, like how actually did you get the call to get into the band? Uh, I was I was playing in a rainbow in a rainbow cover band at that time, um, 2014, 15. I was doing a rainbow cover band in Spain, um, and it was it was pretty successful actually. We were playing festivals and all this stuff, oh, cool. you know, like uh, because uh, because. I, I, I did sound at that time like Dio and, and you know, the guitar player was pretty similar, like Richie. So the sound of the band was pretty close to the original. And um, and then there were some videos on YouTube and suddenly they were looking for a singer and they saw those videos. Uh, this is a video of me singing Man of the Silver Mountain in a festival in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, that's the one they saw. And they, they, they uh, contacted me right away. And they say we're looking for a singer. We have a couple of shows next year, and and you're awesome, and blah blah whatever. And you know, and that was it. And it was pretty pretty fast. How was that whole experience, though? It must have been great playing the Sweden rock and and everything. Uh, I'm sure. Great. I was not not only playing with Richie, but I had the chance to know him and to just yeah. spend time with him. You know, as a as a as a big fan of the Purple, for me it was uh, probably the most valuable experience ever. Uh, you know, to get to meet him and, and talk to him, you know, share some dinners and beers and yeah. talk about everything is very, is a very clever person also. Yeah. So, so uh, we matched really well also, you know, like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty nice to me all the time. So, so we, we spent great times together and that was for me the main, the main thing. Then we were doing good music together also on the stage. And I think also you can, you can see that on the videos, like yeah. and, you know, on the shows that we were having good times together. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like I said, it's a shame it didn't make its way around the world, but hey, it, it is what it is. We have the DVDs, we have the live CDs to listen to, and that kind of thing. He's actually his uh, the band Blackmore's Night with Candace. They always swing around my area of the country around Halloween, so he's uh, not too far from me. The first week in November. Yeah, they live in Long Island. Yeah, so I'll probably, you know, hopefully check it out. Uh, at least, it, you know, it's different kind of music, but Richie gets a chance to bring out his Fender and, and just go crazy and yeah, do a little bit of that kind does. of thing yeah. as, as well. So uh, that sounds good, too. So, uh, Ronnie, there's got to be something. I'm going to ask you a question on the spot. Give us one, some some piece of dirt on Richie. Is there anything you haven't told another journalist about him? Like, does he snuggle with Candace's teddy bear or something at night or something weird? <laughs> No, but he always have uh, a soccer ball on the trunk of the car. Ah. Every time we have the chance, he opens the trunk, take the soccer ball, and we play, even in a parking slot. is so, uh, I, I wouldn't say obsessed, but he loves to play soccer. So, cool. yeah, sometimes even after rehearsals, we're going to the, to the cars, and he was opening the trunk, and it's, you know, playing in the in the parking lot a couple of minutes, five minutes, and that's it. And then, go. <laughs> that's very funny. Does he have a certain team he follows? Is he uh, like a fan yeah, of one of the big, big teams? Yeah, he's a big fan of the German teams. Yeah. Ah, the German teams. And what about yourself? Well, I'm a, a Real Madrid fan. Okay, okay. That's always cool. So you could always have some friendly debates over the football teams with Richie back in the day. Yeah, the funny thing is, uh, the first time we played soccer together. Uh, we were we were in Birmingham and and before the first tour, and so we put two teams uh, for the game. Yeah. And he was in one team and it was in the other team. The thing he didn't he didn't know 
is I played soccer professionally when I was a teenager. Ah. So uh, we win. My team wins. So the day <laughs> after, when we played again, he told me, you are on my team today. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's really, really funny. Well, uh, Ronnie, this has been a great hour for me. I've really enjoyed this discussion. Um, just uh, before we leave, uh, where, where can the band, where can we, our fans, all, what's your socials for these, uh, for the bands? Oh, the, my, my, my social, Ronnie Romero official, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, okay. You know, find everything. Also a YouTube channel. Everything is Ronnie Romero official. You can find everything. And also on Frontier. So yeah, that's the okay. only, that's the only official channels. Well, um, best of luck with the new album. And again, I'm sure we'll be speaking uh, down the line. And good luck with the tour and the rest of 2023. If I could just ask you to stay on for one minute off air. Um, oh, sure. No just uh, we'll take it from there. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, hey, Ronnie, this has been great. Uh, really, really fun. Tell your wife goodbye. It was nice to meet her. And uh, have Thank a good weekend, all right? Same. Thank you very All right. Much. Cheers, Ronnie. See you, bye man. Bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.